fourth episode of Crease Thoughts Fuse from the Blue Paint, I'd like to welcome goalie mindset coach Pete Fry. Pete is a great goalie mindset coach, and I've been doing his 30-day mindset power program. I have seen tremendous benefits in my game ever since. Pete also played in the WHL, mostly for the Portland Winterhawks and the Victoria Cougars, as well as being drafted by the New Jersey Devils. Near the end of his career, Pete went over to Sweden to play for Helsingborg. So after this brief introduction, please welcome Pete Fry. Good afternoon, Pete. How are you doing? Fantastic, Owen. Thanks for having me on. Oh, anytime. Thanks for thanks for coming on. And before we start, I just want to say I really, really enjoy your 30-day program. It has helped me so much, and it's taught me so many things that I haven't learned in the hockey world. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that. So keep it up. That is great to hear. What, what's the biggest thing that you've learned from it or the biggest impact it, it's had on you? That That's what inspires me, by the way, is to hear this feedback. Yeah. So for me, it was just like it just built like more confidence going into games and practices and stuff like that. And just like all the activities, like it, it really gives me hope for myself in the future because I really start to internalize it and believe that I can really make it to that next level. Love it. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Glad that that's goalie mindset power, the goalie mindset power program. I love it. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. You got to send me, have you sent, you've never sent me any of your homework. Eh? You got to send me some of your homework from it so I can take a look okay. like the letter to a future goalie, right? That's a, that's a really good one and things like that. But yeah, you, yeah. you'll have to do that. Sure. Great job. Okay. Yeah. Carry on, carry on. I could talk yeah. about that for half an hour, but I'll, oh, I'll let yeah, you sure. take it back over. Yeah. All right. So let's get started. And I just want to ask you, how did you get introduced to being the great goalie mindset coach that you are? That's a really, really good question because I think, I think it's got a long history, like a long history of things adding up over time that finally made me say, Hey, this is what I really want to do. And I really think I can impact and going back specifically to goaltenders, right? Going back to when, when I played, when I played, I was up and down mentally like a yo-yo. And, and I, I had a, quite a lot of success when I played. Like I never got cut from a team once all through minor hockey. That's I'm actually from Ontario originally, from Kleinberg. You ever heard of Kleinberg? No, I haven't. Okay, it is, I think it's near Richmond Hill, I believe. But okay. anyways, I grew up there until I was eight years old. My family moved out to Victoria. I remember being devastated because, you know, when you're around the Toronto area, everyone, all they do is think and talk and eat and sleep hockey. Yeah. But when we moved to Victoria, people were skiing, they were doing other stuff. And I, I, I felt bad for them if they weren't playing hockey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I had lots of success. And when I was 15, I got a letter from the West. There was no, there was no draft. There was no OHL draft or oh, Western no. Hockey League draft. When I was 15, I got a letter from the Western Hockey League and it said, there's four teams that want to protect you. And when more than one wanted to protect you, you could choose. And so I got to choose. And I happened to choose Portland because, you know, teams had called me beforehand and they just seemed to be the hungriest, so to speak. Okay. And, you know, you always want to go somewhere where you are wanted. Yeah. And so I, even though I lived in Victoria, I chose their nemesis, which was, which was Portland. <laughs> and that year, that same year, 
I'm at school, I'm in grade 10 and I get a call to the principal's office and it's my dad on the phone and he's like, I got to come pick you up. Portland's going to call you up. They're bringing you up. And I'm like, what? And, and I was like blown away, right? I was told all my friends, they were jealous because I, I, I was able to leave school <laughs> at the time and uh, go to uh, join the team on the road. And the very, very first game, I, I think we were in Medicine Hat. I think we were in Medicine Hat. Maybe in Calgary, but I think it was Medicine Hat, the very, very first game. And they said, don't worry, you're not going to play, right? And I was like, I'd never worked on the mindset. I was like, thank God, because in warm-up, those shots were so hard. Oh, and there's probably... 10 players on that team that later played in the NHL. Like, like you would have heard of some of the guys like remember Ray, Ray Ferrero. He's a, he's a famous announcer. Oh yeah. 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 So he was on that team. Cam Neely is the president of the Boston Bruins. Now yeah. he was on that team. Lots of, of former Toronto Maple Leaf. Brian Curran was a big D man for the Leafs. You might not have heard of him, but he played for them for a lot, 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 a lot of great players on that team. Anyways, so the game starts, the other goalie's in net, and I swear, five minutes into the game, someone in Medicine Hat skates through the crease and runs over our goalie. Oh, no. The other goalie who's playing. And he's lying flat on the ice, and he's not getting up. And the coach looks at me and says, Peter, get ready. And I had the feeling of every hair on my back, if I, if I had any or what, that was still growing at the time, stood up, basically. I was so scared like so scared. And I was, I could barely even move. I could barely even move to grab my, you know, my, my stick and to grab my mask and put it on. I could barely move. Aww. And I'm, ge I'm getting ready to jump over the boards and, I, and I'm picturing every possible thing that can go wrong. Right. Picturing, and of course the fans are yelling, Siv, Siv, get in there. You're going to get lit up, stuff like that. And Everything I shouldn't have focused on, I was focusing on. Hmm. Fortunately, as I was getting climbing over the boards, the other goalie got up and finished the game. But the problem with that is I didn't have a clear picture of being a, a number one goalie in the Western Hockey League or in the National Hockey League. And I did. I ended up becoming a number one goalie in the Western Hockey League. But at 15, I, I didn't have – I didn't do a visualization. I didn't have any clear picture. So when the opportunity – when the opportunity arised, I wasn't ready to deal with it. You know what they say? They say uh, luck is preparation meeting opportunity, right? They oh, say yeah. that, that that's gym, what luck is. In my gym, th that saying is actually up on the wall. Okay. Hey, yes. Yeah. 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 Being prepared. No better way to prepare than, you know, seeing yourself there already. So if I was to go back there, if I was to tell a young goalie that who's getting brought up, and even though they say they're not playing, I'd say, okay, well, I want you to, when you're on the bench, practice what I call the three mental zones and be ready to go in, do a visualization of imagine yourself getting called in. And so when you get the chance, what I should have done is as soon as they, they, he said, Peter, get ready, I should have stood tall, shoulders back, chin up, maybe breathe deep and jumped over the boards and skated out there and said, okay, I'm ready. I got this. Right. And, and, and have been at a, I should have been at a nine or 10 out of confidence instead of like a one or two out of right. confidence, right? So that was just one small example. You know, when, when, when I play in games, I would, if I didn't make a save, if I didn't make a save, I'd be like, ah, oh, why did I let that in? And I get frustrated. Well, the problem with that is that your brain is the most powerful computer on the planet, right? Right. Especially a goalie's brain. 
I, I don't know about forwards, right? But but goalie's brain is the most powerful computer. Yeah. This <laughs> the, the, you know the maple. Sorry. sorry. This might sound a little biased, but from my yeah. experience, the goalie's always the smartest player on the team. Exactly. Exactly. You ever heard of Jim Ralph? He's a radio announcer for the Leafs. He's a former goalie. Oh, yeah, yeah. The name sounded familiar. Yeah. So, so Jim says the dumbest thing on skates is a forward. Anyways, it's it's a joke. It's just a joke. Nothing serious. We love forwards. Okay. Anyways, so so I would ask the question, you know, why did I let that in? And the challenge is your brain will search for an answer. And so if you ask your brain bad questions, it'll give you bad answers. So I'd say, why did I let that in? And my brain would kind of shout back at me because you're a sieve or because you're an idiot or something like that. And, and then I would just whip myself into a frenzy of frustration mm. as opposed to now I tell goaltenders is, you know, if you don't make a save, you got your reset. If you want to ask yourself a question, it's going to be, what can I do next time to guarantee I make that save? Do you think about it? If you ask your brain that question, you don't have to answer it because your brain will come up with it. It'll Put images in your head of you making that save. Right. So, so going back from that, so, so I had a lot of ups and downs when I played. And then after I played my, my last, it was supposed to be my last year playing pro. I I was, I I was playing in Sweden and, and I came back and I was supposed to go back and the team had some financial struggles. So they said they, they, they couldn't re-sign me. And I had offers from a couple other teams to go back, but I had turned them down because my agent's like, no, you're going to get double the money. And even though I, I would have you know, played for less, because I just wanted to play. And so I remember being literally depressed. Like I'm talking down in the dumps, depressed and no, mm-hmm. no smiles, nothing. And, and I remember a neighbor gave me like this personal development program. And I started listening to it. And I was like, there's some good, it's amazing what happens when you put good stuff in your mind. And so my mindset started to change. And I thought, imagine if I put this stuff in every day, instead of, you know, I would watch the news every day with my mom and dad and things like that, which, you know, the news is nothing but negative and it's going to put someone in a negative state. And so that's when I started to understand a little bit about the power of the mind. And so I started to research all these different personal development programs and, and look into the power of the mind and how you can use it in not, not just in as a goalie, but in life, in life. And then after that, I, I thought, okay, well, I started my, my first business with a uh, uh, former NHL goalie, Darren Jansen. We started, a, it was called the National Hockey School in Victoria. We brought in three pros each week. And these were like, at the time, the top of the top, like Joe Sackick, who was like one of the leading, I think he's a GM of Colorado Avalanche now. Ron Hextall, remember Ron Hextall? Yeah. Some of the goalies we brought in, uh, John Van Beesbrook, uh, Ron Tugnut, like a lot of guys who were really good at the time, John Casey, uh, uh, goalies like that. And we would do this road to the NHL every week where I would have a seminar and I would ask these guys their path to the National Hockey League. So I started to pick up some some cues and stuff like that. And then... um, from that, I then had another business as well, too, which was in, in the training area, but it was players as well, too. And I was always like, like the goaltenders, like I always like working with goaltenders. And so I kind of and, and I do I don't mind working with players. I do. I do have a 98 percent goalies are my clients, but I do work with a, a small handful of players. And I actually really enjoy that as well, too. Um, 
But even though it was like a general training business, it always came back to, at the end of the day, the most important thing is the mentality. And so once I was done with that business, I, I wasn't doing a heck of a lot. And Eli Wilson, you ever heard of Eli Wilson? Yep, yep. Yeah, have you had him on your podcast? Uh, no, not yet. I should try. Oh, you got to get him on. Eli's a great guy. Great guy. I, I worked with him when he was a goaltender, when he was like 18 and, and 19. Yeah, back, back in the day. And anyways, so Eli said, Hey, you know, would you come speak at my camps and stuff like that on the mental part? And I started to, uh, and he's the guy, Eli's the guy who actually inspired me to create goalie mindset power. Oh, really? Cause he said, cool. you know, there is no really specific program out there just for goaltenders. And a lot of times goalie coaches will give a little bit of mental advice, but that's not their specialty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, if I dive into this and just make this, this is my thing, kind of like a, like, let's say you look at goalie coaches like doctors, right? Well, you're not going to go to a, if you have a heart challenge, you're not going to go to a foot doctor, <laughs> right. so to speak, right? So, so if you look at goalie coaches like doctors, you got your technical goalie coaches. So if you need something on the mental side, you're not going to go to a technical goalie coach. Mm. You're going to go to someone who focuses just on the mental side. And, and so, so that's why I spoke at a few of Eli's camps. I really, really enjoyed it and was able to make an impact on, on some goaltenders. So, so that's when I started to, okay, yeah, I'm going to start to take on clients and work with them on the, the mental side. And uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. So there you go. There's a long winded answer to your question. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And as a segue on to the next question, um, after doing your 30 day program, or I, I'm actually just finishing up, I've got a couple of days left. I have definitely felt the benefits of having a strong and powerful mindset, but I want to hear it from you. What do you think is like the importance and the benefits of having like a strong and powerful mindset? Well, I think if you ask any goaltender or any hockey player, even any athlete, what percentage of your success is mental? They're going to say a big part of it. Usually you're going to get an answer of 80 to 90%. And I'm like, okay, well, even if it was only 25% of your success or 30% of your success, I'm like, how much do you work on it? So for example, I, I, I was on the first time with one of my clients that I work on now, he, he worked with now, he just got a scholarship, uh, a full ride scholarship. And about a year and a half ago, before we started working together, my first conversation with him was like, what percentage of your success is mental? He's like, probably about 80%, 90%. I'm like, okay, great. And I'm like, how much do you work on it? He's like, well, I'll do the odd visualization before a game. And I'm like, is that it? It's like, yeah. I go, okay. How about your skating? Is your skating important for you as a goalie? He's like, yeah. I go, how often do you work on that? And he said, every time. Every time I go on the ice, I'm working on my skating. Every single time. And I said, forget about that. Just work on your skating before you have a game. That's all. Forget about the other times. He's like, what? Are you crazy? And I said, exactly. Because that's how you're treating the mental part of the game, right? I was just joking around with him, yeah. messing around with him. And so he got it. He really, really got it. And he's really put a, a good emphasis on, you know, consistently now working on the mental part of the game. Oh, that's great. And another uh, point, after doing your 30-day program, I have learned that visualization is absolutely awesome. Um, and for you, what, what do you think is the importance of visualization? Well, did you do that? Remember that exercise? Do you remember the finger point exercise? Yeah. 
Okay, that's the one where, where I get you to start off, you lock your feet in shoulder width apart, you point your finger forward, and then you go to the right as far as you can, right? You mark the spot, then you come back to the start. And then I tell you, okay, now, now close your eyes. And now see yourself doing a full 360 all the way around. See it clearly, make it big in your mind, move it closer, make it bright. Then I tell you to do it again the second time. And the second time, everyone goes further because they use visualization. And so then I'm like, okay, well, if you haven't done a clear visualize, for example, I was drafted by New Jersey Devils. And my first thought when I was drafted was, I don't have a chance. It was like the finger point. I had never done a visualization of being the number one goalie for the New Jersey Devils. Now, could I have been? Who knows? But will someone go further if they have that clear picture? Yes, they will, 100%. Just like the finger point. When we do the finger, everyone goes far further the second time once they get that clear picture of where they want to go. Yeah, that finger pointing uh, exercise, it actually opened my eyes uh, to the benefits of visualization. And what opened my eyes even more was uh, like there was a, I had like a game the next day after I learned about the visualization. So I decided, all right, well, I'll do a pregame visualization. And I specifically visualized in the first period, it would be like a two-on-one. I'd make a east-west save, slide across, make a big save with my blocker. Little do you know, halfway through the first period, a two-on-one comes down, passes across for a one-timer. I make the blocker save. And it wasn't until like the puck went into the other end, I was thinking, man, Pete Fry is a genius. Like this visualization <laughs> stuff really works. So ever since I've been doing visualization before every single game and ever since I think personally that I've been playing pretty well. Outstanding. And you know what? You're the genius for taking it and putting it into action, right? That That is outstanding. You are the superhero here for taking that visualization and putting it in action. So great job. <laughs> Thanks. So, um, like you had said before, um, Eli Wilson, uh, I think you said he helped you with uh, the development of your mindset program. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. He basically inspired me to create it. Yeah. Um, but along with Eli, did you have any other mentors, whether it was when you were playing hockey or in the development of your mindset program? Great question. Great question. I would say, yes, I, I have. I've, I've like, for example, one of my mentors for 20 years, maybe even longer. You know, it's hard for you to imagine 20 years. How old are you, Owen, again? Uh, I'm 15. Or sorry. I'm okay. 14, yeah, yeah. 15 yeah. in the summer. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So one of my mentors for a long time uh, was not a, was not a hockey guy was not a hot and he first taught me the power of visualization and this is when I was done playing hockey and so here's what he did his name was Vic Lindell he's a former national volleyball team coach for Team Canada right okay. I think he took them to the Olympics one year wait a long time ago long so he's not a hockey guy he knows nothing about goaltending nothing about hockey so he's like Pete he's like put put your glove hand out so I put it out and you, you can't really see it here there you go you can kind of see he's yeah. like okay and now he's like, oh, I wish I had a puck around here. Uh, do I have something that looks like a puck? No. So you're gonna have to visualize a puck. So 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 he got a puck, and he's like, he goes, so so put that. So he's like, put that puck in your hand. So, he, so the puck's in the hand. He's like, okay. So when it's there, can you see it? Oh, here. I think I got a puck. Hang tight. 
It's got to be one here. No, it's not around. It's not around. My apologies. Okay. Yeah, okay. So anyways, he's like, can you see the puck in there? And I'm like, yeah. Can you feel it when it's in there? Can you feel what it feels like? It's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, what does it sound like? Right? So I'm like, see it, feel it, hear it. And I'm like, okay, yeah. So I could get that clear. Then he takes it away. And he's like, can you still feel that puck in there? Can you still see it in there? Can you hear it in there? Like, yeah. So then, then he throws it back. It's like, wow. It's like, I felt like I had all almost already saved it before I actually did. Right. And so, so, so here's the key too. And I think I talk about it in the goalie mindset power program. Visualization is powerful. Endpoint visualization is even more powerful. So that's where, for example, you're making a blocker save. You see the moment that black puck hits your blocker, right? The moment you're turning your blocker, redirecting to the corner, maybe you're actually seeing that puck already in the corner. And then reversing it so so endpoint so to speak yes there you go so so, so vic would have been a, a fantastic mem uh, mentor and then uh yeah there's a few others as well too but yeah he was very inspirational yeah that's that's awesome and i think it's pretty cool how like someone or like a coach from a different sport can help you with something so specific as goaltending like i just think that's yes. pretty cool yeah yeah yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And I did, like, when I was early, younger, when I was, like, in my early 20s, uh, I went up to the Okanagan Hockey School when it was kind of like the big school around, like the big hockey school. They had a goaltending school. They'd bring in pros every week and stuff like that. So I went there to help out with their goalie program for the whole summer. For And there was a lot of pros that came in that I would, you know, look up to and learn from and stuff like that, like Pete Peters, at the time, uh, Andy Moog was there. Grant Fear would come in. Uh, Ron Tugnut. Lots of guys that you know we'd be able to go on the ice with them and learn from them and kind of learn what what they're doing. And then even at the when we did the National Hockey School, like guys like Hextall and stuff like that, it was really good to learn from. There are a lot of neat techniques, right? That we could we could learn from them for sure. Yeah. So um, as a lot of the listeners might know, um, I'm going into my OHO draft year. Um, and do you have any advice for a goalie or even a player that's going into their uh, OHL or it could even be WHL or QMJHL? Yeah, yeah, and and I'm going, I'm, once again, I'm going to the EPV, the endpoint visualization, right? Have you thought about whether you want to go college or you want to go the OHL route? Have, have you thought about that? Um, me personally, uh, not quite. I think like they're both great options. Um, but I think it would just come down to whichever team wants me more. Okay. Cause you, you may want to, you may want to check that out. You may want to check that out. And like a lot of like, and here's the thing. I think they're, they're both, they're both great routes or they're both good. And I got a lot of clients that are in the West Hockey League. I got a, a client in, in the OHL as well too. Uh, and, and guys that are playing college, right? And then, you know, guys that are playing pro that have gone through different routes. I have never had a player that has gone the NCAA route say, man, I really wish, I really wish I went the OHL or the Western Hockey League route. Never had a player tell me that. Hmm. But I have had players that have gone Western or OHL 
say in hindsight, man, if I had gone college, it could have made even more of a difference there. Hmm. Right. And the only, the only reason I say that, so, so I, I think it's important to look at that because a lot of guys get stars in their eyes with the draft, right? Right. They get stars in their eyes with the draft. And it's like, if I get drafted, everything changes, right? Now I'm a great goalie and all that stuff. But I wouldn't even be concerned about that. I would be focused on uh, just, I think you should focus on just getting better, getting better, getting better, getting better. Then everything takes care of itself, hmm. right? Everything takes care of itself. The reason I choked, and I can say that I choked, when I was drafted by New Jersey, like the year before, I was an all-star in the Western Hockey League. I played like 50 some 55 games, 54, 55 games. I was in unbelievable shape. When I got drafted by them, I stopped getting better. Hmm. I fell into a fixed mindset. I thought, what are the chances? They have a lot of good goalies and stuff like that. Whereas the best guys, when they get drafted, they recognize that that's just where the work starts, right? And they almost have to look at it like, yeah, it means something, but it means nothing. Right. It just means that I just got to keep putting on in the work. A lot of guys, I think, hold too much weight in the draft. What do you mean by too that? much weight in the draft? Well, they, they put too much emphasis on if they're going to get drafted or not in the, in the OHL or the Western Hockey League or, or the, or the Q as far as the, the draft goes. And I, I would say I'd, I'd rather you look beyond that and have a plan and say, which route do I want to go? Right. You ever heard of Paul Korea? The name sounds a little bit familiar, but I okay. can't put it. You, you got to Google him. You got to Google him. Paul Korea. Uh, anyways, there's uh, this one game where he's in the Stanley Cup. I don't know if Stanley Cup or the playoffs. And he he's a small player. He's like, I think he's like 5'9 or something like that. Hmm. Had a great NHL career. Great. He's not, not a goalie. He's a player. One game, he just gets hammered. Just gets hammered. It's a hit to the head. He goes down. He's out of the game. There's no way they'd bring him back in the game now with the concussion protocols. Right. He comes back for the third period and scores a winning goal in that game. Aww. He had a fantastic career. He went to University of Maine, I believe it is, and played there. But early on, like my junior team that I was on in Victoria, they're Victoria Cougars. They're now Prince George, but they were Victoria Cougars. They, want, they, they were trying to recruit him to go there. They, they had a spot for him. And he was like... And, and he probably could have went there and gone right to the National Hockey League. He's like, no, because what Paul Korea did, he did what's called the rocking chair scenario. I think I talked about this in Goalie Mindset Power, where, where he put himself in his rocking chair when he's like 90 years old or 100 years old and said, okay, I'm rocking back yeah. and forth. I'm looking back on my life. Did, did I, did I want to go the Western Hockey League route or did I want to go the college route? And he said... I want to go the college route because I also want to get an education and I think maybe I can develop more there. And, and like I say, I'm not, and, and it's different for everyone. There's some players that the OHL or West hockey may be a better route for them. And I know we're, we're off topic of talking about mindset, but it all, it is mindset in a sense, because you're telling me about the, the, the draft. And I think we got to change our mindset towards it. We got to look beyond that and think, which route do we want to go? That's great. So I'm not I'm not saying I'm biased towards college or towards Western or OHL, but I'm just saying everyone take a clear look at it and think which route do I want to go? Look 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 at the pros and cons of both. Yeah, that's some great advice. And obviously you've gone through it 
how did you feel going into your WHO draft? Like, uh, is there anything that you would have done differently in preparation? Hmm. Well, for for me, there was there was no there was no WHL draft. We would just get protected by we would get, be put on a protected list. I think they invented they came up with a draft a few years later. Um, I didn't know anything at the time. Like I, I had no idea. Um, I, I started we started to go to a few Western Hockey League games in Victoria, and, and I thought it was pretty cool watching them. And so when uh, you know Portland wanted to protect me. And, and bring me up. I thought thought it was pretty cool at the time. But what would I have done different? I would say the difference would have been after my first year there because I went I, I went to training camp as a 16-year-old and they said, you're not going to make the team this year. They had, a, they had a goalie that was a year older than me. Oh. And they said, you know, don't expect to play too much. And so that year, my first three games or first five games, I got a star in every game. Like I, I was, I played phenomenal, phenomenal. I might, I think I played out of fear or I don't know what, but I, I played really well. And then I can, then the mental part started to kick in. Then I started to struggle a little bit and it's not always the most positive coaching when you're there. You know, the higher levels you go up, it doesn't mean the coaching is going to be any better, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't perform or, or I don't know the, the coach can yell at you and stuff can stay in your head. So that's where, that's where the mental part becomes so more and more important. So what I would have changed that year is, yeah, I would have, I would have worked on the mindset. It would have made all the difference. So I played 39 games that year as a 16 year old was ranked in, you know, the top five goalies to go in the NHL draft the next year. Oh, really? That's awesome. Went back home in the summer, hung out with my buddies who were not really athletes. They weren't into drugs or anything like that, but they just were not athletes. And what happens this is the other thing where we talk about this in goalie mindset power is who you hang around with. You develop the same habits because mm-hmm. they weren't athletes. They weren't into working hard. They would just joke around. They say, if I was going to go work out, they kind of make jokes and stuff like that. And so I went back as a 17 year old in terrible shape. I didn't, I didn't visualize. I didn't run that movie of having a great season that year. I didn't do a season preparation session, all that stuff that's in goalie mindset power and 17 year old. I sucked basically. I, I was not not very good at all. Not very good at all. And I didn't get drafted that year. I played less games. I played 31 games. In fact, I played 31 games and I got 54 penalty minutes as a goalie. What? Which is yeah, I was more interested in chopping players than I was stopping <laughs> the puck. And uh, and it was a little bit of a different time back then. And so I didn't get drafted uh, at uh, that year that I was supposed to, I didn't get drafted till I was a 19 year old there. So I, I would have gone back and I, I would have been working on the mind. I wish they had the goalie mindset power program back then to work on yeah. because that was my biggest challenge was my mindset. Hmm. Oh, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Like very insightful, like how the goalie mindset is just so important at, at all sorts of levels. Um, so when you were playing in the WHL, what was it like knowing that like you were one step close to being in the NHL? Like you were just one draft away uh, from being in the NHL. Great question. I didn't think I was like, I, and that was the whole problem was I didn't think I was, I looked at, I would watch, I would watch NHL games on TV and I would listen to the announcers and I would look at those guys as, as heroes, as 
as almost not human. And as an athlete, I, I, I always say, and it's not in the goalie mindset power program yet, but we are going to introduce a chapter on the, on the athlete mindset in, in the goalie mindset power. So you, you'll have full access to that when that, that's put in there. But what the athlete mindset says is that you're, you're, you're thinking the opposite of a fan because I would be looking at those players in the National Hockey League and just thinking they are so good. And then I would listen to the doubters that would say, well, the chances of playing are slim and none. And, and so I would let that stuff get into my head. And so if you don't think you can do something, you're not going to work very hard at it. Right. And that's why in the goalie mindset power, you got that, that full chapter where you create that clear picture of your future self playing on that team you want to play on. And then you listen to it, you visualize it. And what happens is your brain, your subconscious mind does not know the difference between what is real and what you imagine. And so you, so all of a sudden you start to believe it. And when you start to believe it, your actions change. Now you're taking more action towards your, your vision, your, your dream. So, so to answer your question was, I didn't think I was that close. And it's funny because I'll talk to a lot of my buddies that I played with after saying that, yeah, we were like this close, like this close, like super close, but we just didn't know it. it seemed so far away. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah. And so, so that, that, that's the, the, once again, it comes down to mindset. Yeah. That seems to be like the, the theme uh, here is like, Having a strong, powerful mindset, like super beneficial. Yeah. Um, so we'll switch gears a little bit to when you were playing in Europe. What was it like when you had to go over and play in Sweden? Because it must have been really weird playing with like guys from different countries that spoke different languages and all that sort of th- that sort of stuff. Excuse me. So like, w- what was it like? It was. It was. I loved it. Like I absolutely loved it. It was, it was an education in itself, just going there, like just, and when, when I was there, everyone wanted to speak English to me. Everyone wanted to speak English. The in in my contract, like in part of my contract was if I took Swedish lessons, they would actually pay me extra for taking Swedish lessons. Did you have to pay? And no, no, no. They, They would just, the team would, pay me for take for for learning how to speak swedish oh that's cool and and th- 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 then you get a car so you get a car with your name on it and stuff like that so it's pretty cool it was, it was pr- pretty neat and i wanted to learn swedish anyways when i was there i don't know why i just and and if i could change something growing up early on i would have learned french I need to, I still need to learn that now i work with uh, some french goaltenders and now i'm starting to get them to teach me French so I can start to, to speak French as well. But I love that I would try to speak Swedish with everyone there and they would just, they would want to speak English to me, hmm. but I would try to speak. So that was one of the things I loved it there. It was, it, it was, it was interesting. The rinks were all the same size, whereas in North America, they're, they're different sizes. Yeah. And it was, it was a different culture. It was a little bit of a different culture here. It's just like, Win, 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 grind, 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 win, win, win. And over there, it was just a little bit more relaxed, so to speak. And here's something that I learned there as well, too. This is, once again, goes back to mindset. The first half of the season, I was on fire. I got probably 30 newspaper articles from that 
that were saying, you know, the goalie that saved Helsingberg, stuff like that. Like I was on fire the first half of the season. And then I remember I'm taping my stick and I'm talking to the trainer and he's like, you know what? Everyone will be happy if we don't win another game. And I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, yeah, we were expected. They, they, I guess my team just moved. They just moved up the year before. Cause that's okay. how it works. Like you move up divisions and down divisions, stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. And so they said, so, you know, everyone would be happy if we don't win another game. We weren't expected to win any. And I was like, okay. So, so my thinking changed and we barely won any games the rest of the season. My performance, they, they shouldn't have told me anything because <laughs> oh, yeah. my performance went down. My expectations of myself went down after that. Hmm. That's not good. Um, so me personally, I know a couple of people that know Swedes and I have to ask you, do you know or do you remember if any of the Swedes loved tacos? Because from what I hear, the Swedes absolutely love tacos. I don't remember that. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't remember that whatsoever. I remember we would eat pizza there, but it was like a different type of pizza. Like it wasn't like the normal pizza here. They would like fold it in half. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't remember about the tacos. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> So, uh, good question. Uh, thanks. We'll go back to talking about uh, your 30 day program. When doing it, I have learned so many things. Like, for example, like how to bounce back after goal. Like, I was never taught, like, oh, you know, smile, ask yourself a couple questions, do the matador. But, like, before, I had never learned about any, any of that. So, what do you think needs to change in minor hockey so that uh, goalies and players? they learn more about mental tips like these. You have the best questions, by the way. Very <laughs> impressed. Very impressed. Very impressed. Well, I think goaltending is an individual sport within a team sport. And you still hear it all the time. There's not enough goalie coaching out there. Someone will be on a team. And I'm not sure what your experience has been, but a lot of times people will be on a team and there's no, there's no goalie coaching at all. So... I would say they need to educate or they need to reach out to more goalie coaches and make sure every team has its own goalie coach. And I hear this at every level, even like some goalies I work with in the Western hockey league, they have goalie coaches that they'll bring in every month or two, but they should have a full-time goalie coach. Yeah. Cause then it must you know, be weird because you're hearing different things from different people like every month. So you don't really know exactly, well, should I listen to this guy or should I listen to that guy? Yeah, That's yeah, exactly. So, so what? So, going back to your question, what could minor hockey do on the mental side? They could have a manual or a course, maybe that that helps teach the mental part of the game. So, after a game, I you know I get home and I'm like, okay, well, uh, or or the, or the parent says, you know, I, I noticed that the body language of my my son or daughter after not making a save is not very positive. And so maybe there's like, they can go somewhere to watch that, to, to change their body language, to change how they react after that. So maybe little, little, little courses on that. Yeah. They could hire me to do like a zoom, zoom webinars for them or something like that to do <laughs> where we could record them or something that's going to make an impact for them. Yeah. So uh, this would be the last question and possibly my favorite question. What is your funniest hockey story? 
funniest hockey story. Well, I, here, here's a recent one. And this is, this is not from me. This is from someone I had on one of my road to the NHL webinars. And he was, oh, he was, he was the other goalie. He was the, he was the other goalie with Pittsburgh when they were in the Stanley cup finals against Detroit. And Mark Andre Fleury was the other, was the other goaltender. So this is, uh, uh, Matthew Garon, Matthew Garon was goalie partners with Mark Andre Fleury in the Stanley Cup Finals in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And what happened was Pittsburgh's was on the same floor as Detroit Red Wings fans. Okay. And I guess it was during the day. Mark Andre Fleury is trying to get some sleep, and so the the other players and and the, the Detroit fans were a little bit loud. They were like partying or something, a little bit loud. And so Mark Andre Fleury was like, "I'm going to get them back." And so what he did was he got a garbage can and he filled it with water, like about three quarters of the way full. And he leaned it up against one of their, their, their doors uh, of the uh, Detroit fans. And he knocked on the door and then ran back to his room. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so when they open the door, of course, all this water comes poor. The room gets flooded, all this water. But the thing is, they had no idea. It was the goalie for the Pittsburgh Penguins, like like the the star goalie that did that to them. So, uh, oh, I, I thought that that was pretty funny. That that's one of them. The other one is from he's a goalie coach for the Florida Panthers, or uh, he was. I think he still is now, or in some capacity. Robbie Tallis. Not sure if you ever heard the name. No. And uh, he was. I worked with Rob when he was in the Western Hockey League, and he. He made Boston Bruins and played there for, for a few years. And Ray Bork, you ever heard of Ray Bork? Yep. Yep. Okay. He was a star defenseman and that had this like beautiful hair, beautiful head of hair <laughs> and was a star defenseman. And so he would spend a lot of time after he would spend a lot of time after games or practice with the hair dryer on his hair and stuff like that. And so there was Robbie was a rookie and there was another rookie on the team that they were playing jokes on each other. So Robbie's like, I'm going to get this rookie. I'm gonna, like, they were both, they were both rookies on the team. So Robbie's like, I'm going to play a practical joke on this player. And it wasn't Ray Bork. It was on another player on Boston Bruins. And so he gets the hair dryer and he pours all this, you know, baby powder. You know what baby powder yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah. Pours all this baby powder in the hair dryer and, you know, gets it so that you cannot tell it's in there and stuff like that. So whoever put it on, it would just go, Poof all over them. Oh. Well, I guess Ray, I guess Ray Bork picked up that hair dryer instead of the intended person. Oh no. And so he comes out of the bathroom in the in the dressing room. And I guess he's just looks like a ghost, right? <laughs> he's just all white with everywhere over his hair and stuff like that. And and he chased, I think he chased Rob out of the dressing room and <laughs> things like that. So th those are those stories are unrelated to me, but they are two of the funniest ones that I yeah, have heard. Those are pretty there funny. you go. All right, so yes. that's going to wrap up this episode. Once again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And before we go, do you want to plug in your program? Um, well, I, I guess if, if people are, are looking, if you're looking for something on the mindset, which if you're a goaltender, I, I, I think you need to, to bring your game to the next level no matter what. You can go to PeteFry.net. You can see the different programs on there. And I recommend Goalie Mindset Power is a great program, but there are other ones as well, too. It may be a little different for everyone and be happy to help and, and make, make an impact. And maybe the, the book Goalie Mindset Secrets could be a help uh, as well, too. And there is also an audio version as well. Yeah, that's awesome.
All right, once again, thank you so much for coming on and uh, have a fantastic day. Thanks, Owen, for having me on. It's, the pleasure's all mine, my friend. Make, make it a great one and let me know maybe the last couple of days of the, of the program. Send me, your, send me your homework. Send me your homework on it. Would love to take a look at it. You'll, you'll love day 30. Day 30 is kind of gets you inspired even awesome. more. All right, well, I'm excited okay. now. I might jump in and awesome. do a lesson right after this. Love it, Owen. Great, great. To, thanks for having me on, my friend. Oh, no problem. Thanks for coming on. Look forward to following your success. Thank you. All right, we'll talk okay. soon. Have, have a great one. Okay, bye. So that's going to wrap up today's episode of Crease Thoughts Fuse from the Blue Paint. I hope you really enjoyed this episode because I know I had an awesome time connecting with Pete and doing this recording with him. Be sure to check him out at PeteFry.net. And you can also check me out, too, on social media. It is at Butsy underscore 29, so B-U-T-S-Y underscore 29, on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day.